to the Chiropractic United podcast for September 10th, 2013. This podcast is brought to you by CBP Seminars to see how a chiropractic biophysics technique can help improve your practice as well as your patient's overall health and spinal structure. Go to idealspine.com. And also by Dr. Fred Domenico of Elite Coaching to see how Dr. Fred can help bring your practice to all new heights. Go to elitecoachingllc.com. And finally, by Postraco, developers of the X-ray analysis system known as Postray, as well as the award-winning Posture Screen mobile app, available in the iTunes App Store as well as the Google Play Android Store. For more info, go to postureanalysis.com. All right, Dr. Fred, take it away. Okay, welcome to Podcast Land at Kyrie United Chiropractic United Podcast. It is Tuesday, September tenth. And, and I am Dr. Fred DiDomenico of Elite Coaching. We have Joe Farantelli of Posture Co., Posture Screen. How many posture stuff you got going on now? You got, got lots of stuff. <laughs> got some fitness stuff coming out, too, I'll, I'll talk about later. Nice. And we are so excited tonight to have our guest, Dr. Brian Kelly, president of LifeWest Chiropractic, the most awesome, building the most awesome chiropractic school in the history of chiropractic, truly for what you're doing. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for yes. being with us. Uh, we know you're a world traveler, uh, you know, building this whole vision and mission. So we appreciate you take the time being on our podcast tonight. Yeah. Welcome. Well, good day, Dr. Fred. Hi, Joe. And uh, thanks for uh, the opportunity to have a dialogue this evening. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, you know, you took that school, man. They imported you from foreign lands where you had built another great school. And, you know, I'm just so impressed like the rest of the profession with what you've done because you took a school that was in a pinch and man you've you've done so much um and given so much of yourself like truly a servant not just for the school but for the profession so i want to start by giving you massive accolades for the energy that you've put into rebuilding that school so so thank you for starters with that yes awesome job brian Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I know you've had great vision. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the journey? First of all, I think it's important for our audience to know who's the man behind the mission. So if you could give us a little bit about you and your roots and how you ended up in this position to start, I think people will appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah, I appreciate those kind words. Um, you know, in the scheme of things, we're just getting started. So uh, if I was using a baseball analogy, I feel like at Life West here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we're like at first base. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a several innings game. So, um, but it's been a fun two and a half years. Well, you may tell from the accent, uh, I'm from down under and uh, uh, I'm actually from New Zealand. And uh, as we speak, we're <laughs> taking on Oracle USA for the uh, America's Cup. And right now it's four zip to the Kiwis. But uh, wow. uh, let's talk Let's talk chiropractic. <laughs> Um, yeah, I grew up in Wellington and uh, was under chiropractic care from the age of seven, uh, having had several episodes of tonsillitis. And my uncle graduated Palmer College in 1973, uh, came back to New Zealand, and we started having this thing called chiropractic. And, uh, and so as I grew up through my developing and formative years, chiropractic was just what we did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at 11 and 12, I remember going through that phase of having migraines for a couple of years. And I remember uh, having falls off horses and skateboards and damaging my spine, and we just went to the chiropractor. But then as I started to get to sort of 14, 15, 16, maybe having seven or eight years of chiropractic care, it became crystal clear that, you know, relative to the people in our class, 
you know, the kids at school and stuff, eating the same food, you know, breathing the same air, we were healthier. And so that's my, you know, founding experience in chiropractic. I studied in Australia, became a chiropractor, practiced there for 11 years. Uh, that was fun. We had a couple of clinics and a number of docs who worked with us. Uh, and got involved in a group called the Australian Spinal Research Foundation and was on the board of that for more than a decade. And they're doing some great, great funding of good quality chiropractic research. Uh, that's an exciting group. And then one day I got the phone call, which if you ever get this phone call, you have to run, like hang up the <laughs> phone and run. And I got a call from uh, someone in New Zealand. They said, hey, we'd love you to join this board, right? And they're the fatal words you'll hear. <laughs> yeah. And it was followed by, uh, we'd love you to join this board. It's not much work, won't take much time, won't cost, cost much money. If you hear those words, <laughs> run. Yeah. So little did I know, I mean, I thought I'd practice for 40 years or 50 years, but little did I know life would go in a, in a very different direction. So I got on the board of the New Zealand school for a couple of years and, you know, I was having a few challenges and, um, uh, and then an opportunity came up for a new president. And I, I said to my wife, how hard could it be to run a chiropractic school? <laughs> yeah. uh, and they, they were the next fatal words. But anyway, we jumped in there and, uh, and we did that for eight years and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, uh, and then I got a call one day from Dr. Jerry Klum, maybe three and a half, three years ago or so. He said, I've been at LifeWest for maybe 30 years. I've loved what I've done. Uh, and it's time for me to do something new. Would you have any interest in taking over? So I thought about that seriously and, and uh, I was having a great time and, you know, uh, and, and all that. But the one reason, one of the defining reasons I came over here, even though enrollment was, you know, a little challenged, was LifeWest had consistently had the number one alumni satisfaction uh, from the surveys that are done across the colleges. And, you know, we're not supposed to talk about the results. And I remember the first few years, Jerry would publish the results, you know, across the 17 or so areas, LifeWest was number one in more than half of them in terms of alumni satisfaction. And uh, and so what I realised was there was, a, there was a real diamond here and uh, we just needed to put a bit of energy in the system. So I've now been here coming up three years and... Uh, uh, it's it's a fun time, you know. We're really having uh, having a nice time, and um, uh, it kind of reminds me a little of a practice, you know, where a practice might get a little tired or need a little bit of a shake up, and uh, and so we're having fun, yeah. Well, let's just uh, sorry, Joe. I'm going to cut you off on this one. <laughs> Let me just expand on on your extreme humility here, Brian, and the fact that you took a school that the alumni was the lowest it's ever been, and you were that guy that had the passion and the purpose. And it was like doing spinal screenings. I mean, you talked everywhere, not to mention you leave your family. I mean, for a father and a husband, you know, you leave your family. So first of all, big kudos to your wife because you can't get a better woman that would be able to support you in that vision for what she's endured for you guys being separated. So what a tremendous partnership. I want to certainly give accolades to that. Yeah, I've been very blessed with my family support. And, uh, you know, my, my elder teenage kids were finishing high school. So to make the transition to the States just wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. the best idea at that time for them socially and so forth. And, uh, yeah, so here we are. And, um, yeah, we're enjoying what we're doing. <clears throat> well, not only that, but, I mean, you traveled and spoke to small audiences. You know, that's like... That's like the guy building his practice that goes to a patient's home that gives a spinal care class to six people. Yep. I've you know? done that. I've done that. Yeah. For one. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it for this school as well. I mean, we've all done that, but yep. you did that for this school, man. I mean, I, I don't know your exact schedule, but it was, it was like almost every week. I swear I saw you on Facebook. You were in another town or city, sometimes multiple times 
per week. You were you're given a talk, and the doctors listening. This wasn't a, do, a a talk like a seminar to other. That was to students, potential students, getting people interested in the chiropractic of of what we do. And, yeah. and Brian, that that's that's an amazing. I mean, you were doing it. It wasn't that you had. 25 different people and you're sitting back directing it you were the one that was doing this and you know you're to be commended on that it was what you've done at life west has been simply amazing yeah well thank you what i mean in my first number of years in practice we would go out and do screenings and you know it was exactly the same idea and the idea was there are people you're going to meet out here in uh you know in a public arena who would never think of coming to a chiropractor or there was some sort of barrier and you know, the folks that you meet out there, many of them had uh, failed spinal surgery or there were other sort of barriers why they wouldn't walk in. And, um, you know, you, you, you sow a seed in those people. They come in your office, they get under care and their lives change. And so the idea of just going out and telling, you know, the reason why you'd become a chiropractor um, was very similar to that. And, um, you know, a chiropractor can do that in their office, suggest to a, a patient, hey, have you thought about being a chiropractor? And that chiropractor could be the next whoever in our profession. And I remember, you know, reading Reggie Gold's book, and it was the 1950s. It was his second visit at a chiropractor. He was having his report of findings. Uh, the chiropractor was talking about innate intelligence. He said, have you thought about being a chiropractor? And Reggie said, well, I haven't. But now you mentioned it, I'm going to think about that. And that was one chiropractor to one patient on one visit. Mm-hmm. And Reggie's influence in the profession for the last, you know, many decades has is, is, is been incredible. And so... Um, but I looked at the, the landscape here, uh, and, and, you know, we've really made a mess of the healthcare system in the United States. In fact, on the weekend, I was out with a, a, uh, a, a spine or a surgeon from Italy, and uh, he was visiting America, and he just scratched his head at how, how complex the healthcare system was and how, you know, unaffordable and inaccessible, and, and uh, he, was, he was flabbergasted because it's gone from the practice of medicine to the business of medicine, mm-hmm. and it's come at some huge, huge costs. And, of course, one of them is the health cost by having too many people having too much intervention and too many tests and too many surgeries, et cetera. We all know the numbers. And uh, so if we're going to make a difference, I mean, just in the United States, we're going to need a lot more chiropractors who understand our philosophy of our way of life. They understand, you know, a vitalistic viewpoint to health and, and life. And, uh, and they're going to have to go out there and make a meaningful impact in their community. And so I haven't, don't even have any concept of what the numbers are. I just know we need a lot more of us. And to get there, we're going to need stronger institutions within the profession. Mm-hmm. I mean, they need to be stronger and bigger than what they are now. And uh, um, so, yeah, it was fun. We went out on the road and we told our story and we told our story and we told our story. And, and a lot of people got behind us and, um, in, in many different capacities. And uh, we've had four straight quarters of enrollment growth. And uh, we're on, on track to take in a class uh, in October this year. It'll be our largest class in the history of Life West of 33 years. So, Wow, that's uh, awesome. It's, it's exciting. And uh, people are excited about the message. And, and, uh, and that's how it should be, because if you're not excited, you need a holiday or you need to do something different. Right. Well, I also think the key thing that you say to Brian is just like to any doctor, if you take the principles that you built a school with, you know, building a school versus building a practice. My God, if this gentleman can certainly build a school, anybody can build a practice. But the most important thing is you said you took the message out there and you had fun. Yeah. You know, people, rather than looking at that message as work, 
You know, for all the, how can you, how can people complain and own new patients? Everywhere you go, you're surrounded by people. Yeah. You know, if you look out your freaking window, you'll <laughs> see tons of new patients. You know, look out in your front yard. But the message there is you had, you did it and it was fun. I mean, you've said that so many times. Yeah. You know, changing people's lives, man, is fun and rewarding. You should want to get out there and, and deliver that message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the great thing in today's environment, uh, there's a number of tools that weren't around 40 years ago, and that's not a long time, but there's a lot of tools about how can you be a better communicator, how can you demonstrate chiropractic to someone. Um, You know, there's lots of books, there's lots of audios, there's videos, there's what you guys are doing, there's Mm -hmm. coaching programs. That wasn't around like it is today 40 years ago, so it's a matter of people accessing what's out there that works for them, and if that's not working, try something different. Right, um, but there's never been more up, more tools uh, at our fingertips to, uh, you know. Now you got the whole social media piece, and that's mm-hmm. an emerging thing in chiropractic. I often think if BJ Palmer was alive today, he would own metaphorically. He would own social media, yeah, because he worked out you needed these mediums to get to masses, and he obviously worked out radio and then later television, and he would be all on top of social media, and that's an emerging thing which. As far as I can see, in chiropractic, we haven't scratched that surface. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, that that's uh, we we have more communication. I mean, even with you know with what each of us does, and including chiropractic biophysics, obviously we're all involved with that. Is that we we have more you know just intimate ties with our doctors and patients through Facebook and and things yeah. like Twitter. And it's, I, I think it's honestly, people complain about, you know, oh, woe is me, the insurance is gone, we, you know, I can't, I can't practice. We have all these tools that we can communicate better with our patients than we ever, ever did, you know. Yeah. And I, I miss the fact that, you know, if I was in practice right now, I'm, uh, I'm actually doing, you know, with, with uh, uh, Dr. Deed, uh, with CBP, and then doing the, the software business, I'm full time. But if I was in practice... I think my number one communication source with patients would be the, the social media and educating them. And you, you find, you're absolutely right, you find all the top doctors and they have all this in common. They're, they're now using social media to basically be their, their way of educating, like a group uh, lay lecture almost. And they're always going over testimonials on how chiropractic can change lives. And I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So we've now got the how-to but it comes down to what you mentioned a moment ago, which is, you know, why would you do it? Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a chiropractor who worked in one of our offices um, some time ago down in New Zealand, and he was stuck at a certain volume. He'd been in practice a year, and, you know, when you get to that sort of that first hump um, of so many visits a week, and he was kind of pushing and pushing and doing, 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 doing these things, but couldn't break through the next level. And I had a chat with him one day, and I said, you know what, why don't you get uh, download from Google Maps uh, a map of the town that you're in, because it was a rural community of, say, 23,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I said, take it down to the print shop and blow it up and put it on your wall and just look at that every day. And uh, it just was, it was by design, not accident, that our practice was in the main shopping strip in the main street in the centre of town on the sunny side of the street. So we were mm-hmm. right in the centre of this. Um, but you could be anywhere. And I said, just look at every day at those different areas. So you've got the retail district, you've got the school district, You've got the retirement villages. You've got the uh, farming communities on the, you know, on the outset, mm-hmm. uh, sporting communities. And I said, just look down every day and ask yourself the question, how many of those people are functioning anywhere near close to their potential? 
and what could chiropractor do to change this community? And when he did that over just a few days, so his conversation internally in his head changed. It cost him $3 to get this thing printed from the copy shop. Yeah. His practice went up 50% and because uh, his why changed. It wasn't about him. It was about the people he was there to serve. And so I often think we get in our, you know, the way of our own success. Yeah. Hey, I'm putting that into our marketing little <laughs> calendar right there, Brian. Thanks for that tip. Yeah. I think I, I got that last one from Joe Strauss. He shared that, you know, we literally get in our own way. And uh, if you can get out of the way, there's this flow. It flows through you. And, um, and, and there's less resistance on the other side. You don't need, to, need to, to work as hard because you're kind of out of the way. You're cognitively out of the way of why you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you see that in a master practitioner. You know, they get into that flow and they go from a physical plane to a healing plane. And uh, that's despite any technique. And, and they can spend a minute with a patient and uh, the person thinks, you you know, time stops. Yep. And uh, we have that opportunity as chiropractors. Yeah, a great one-liner we always teach in Elite is it's not what you do, it's the energy you do it with mm-hmm. that matters. Yeah, and I think that's why our enrollment started to move because we just said, this is important, it's serious. And, uh, and, and now it's like there's air under our wings. We've got all these chiropractors out there who are, you know, kind of uh, getting behind us and, yep. and uh, sending students and supporting us financially. It's literally like there's air under our wings and because um, there's energy in the system. And it's exactly like a practice because I've, I've been in both environments. Yep. Well, you've done a great job at building a culture. You know, I mean, you did the work, you built the relationships and uh, you inspired others with your vision. And, uh, you know, that's a culture. You're creating a culture of, of life west. So, and that's every successful corporation in the world now, the most successful corporations build cultures and that's what you're doing. They're based on relationships, inspiration, and they engage people in the process and the vision. So, so that's yeah, awesome. we, we figured that a big, the, the largest part of that needed to be internal. And so we did that on the campus, um, very deliberately in a number of ways. And so one of the things we did starting in uh, 2011 was we took our students and staff away on a th- or students and yeah, staff away on a three-day camp in the Santa Cruz Mountains called Life 101. It was a program we'd done down in New Zealand. And uh, it was a three-day experiential camp about facing your fears, finding your limiting beliefs, and after three days walking away with a dream board. So next month we've got our sixth one that we're doing up here, and it's been an absolute game-changer for the students and the staff that come on that. And uh, and then recently we've done some other exciting pieces. We started yoga classes on campus this quarter, free to staff and students uh, twice a week. We started a regular meditation class uh, free for students and staff so they could just get get a little more connected with themselves. We went out and bought a bunch of mountain bikes and students can borrow them for no charge in the lunch hour and ride along the boardwalk or, you know, get some exercise. And, And so it was an internal kind of, um, as much as we were out there telling the message and meeting people and, you know, we, that just goes on, what we did on campus was uh, was as exciting. And then we wanted to line up the congruence piece. So, uh, you know, how do you have a philosophy class uh, be congruent with a, a, a clinical diagnosis class or a uh, x-ray class? And then when you get to your college health centre as an intern, how does that all line up? And um, I know we do that you know, better than a number of schools, but I know we've got a long way to go. And, you know, we did a few little things like 
take the white cl- clinic jackets out of the clinic because I just didn't. Yeah. That to me, that didn't reflect a 21st century wellness practitioner. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you look like a duck and sound like a duck, yeah. you're a duck. Yeah. And uh, uh, we didn't want to have any ducks here, you know. So, uh, um, so these are important discussions, and I think the distinctions. It's like in a practice, the distinctions you make along the way. Uh, help determine the outcome. And that could be as, as small as the type of reading material you have in your office or the music you play. You know, is it the pop radio station with drug ads? Is it the newspaper with drug ads? Or do you consciously have different material in front of your people to, to be exposed to while they're in your environment? And, uh, and that's what we did when we tried to, when we created the WAVE seminar. We did that mm-hmm. now for our third year. It was great to see was, you guys out there. Yeah, it was fantastic, by the way. Ah, oh, thanks, thanks. And I mean, some people on the sideline you know, criticize, why have you got non-chiropractors there as your keynotes? Well, um, you know, and a guy like Andrew Wakefield has got a really important message, you know, the medical doctor who wrote the paper in uh, Lancet about the kids who received vaccines and how that changed, Mm -hmm. you know, their nervous system and, you know, inflammation changes in their uh, intestines. He came along. He didn't just come and speak. He spent three days with the chiropractic community. Uh, He got to understand our philosophy. He got adjusted for the first time in his life. Wow. And, uh, And he was sharing our paradigm within his experience, uh, you know, that's led to these unprecedented rates of autism. Um, then we had guys like Jeffrey Smith, one of the world's foremost advocates, uh, you know, against GMO. Mm-hmm. And again, it's about the concept of holism. And so we wanted to extend the, the conversation with, that chiropractors are having anyway, you know, outside of the adjusting, uh, uh, above the adjusting table. And so, yeah, so we're planning next year, 2014. And, uh, we think that dialogue that we have within our tribe and bringing other people in, we had a climate change scientist. He was exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, we brought in Patch Adams and, um, you know, some people loved him. Some people were challenged by him. And But when a guy gets up and says, I've had 20 children die in my arms from starvation, you know, no one in the room had had that experience. Right. Um, you know, that's a palpable experience. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was one of the best events I've been to. And you know what I, I really see, Brian, is that we – or really with all these events that we're doing with all our, our brothers and sisters in chiropractic, I mean, we, we have a, a, a tighter, it seems like we have a tighter knit family of, of the, the people that are on purpose with chiropractic. Um, mm-hmm. And we're growing together. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and I've seen this over the last, it seems like over the last, say, six to seven years between what what's coming up at, at Chirofest with Paul's event, mm-hmm. what, with mm-hmm. what Billy does at Cal Jam, mm-hmm. now with what you did, and now you know with the uh, the you know the Life East, what what they're doing. I, I see like mm-hmm. a strong synergy of, mm-hmm. and we're we're I, I feel like there's a that energy that people are revitalized and they they really love chiropractic again, and and it was it's amazing to, to see these people that will come and they think that they're coming to just oh, get a CE and then they get fired up and they want to see patients again. You know, people that have been out longer than I've been a chiropractor and they come out of a seminar and they're excited to be a, a chiropractor again. I mean, that's, I saw that a couple times at, at, your, at the WAVE event where we had some docs just coming in for, for continuing ed uh, type of uh, situation and then they, they come out and now they're, they're excited about chiropractic again. Not to mention, I have to say, I keep going back, and we talked about it in the very beginning. You had so many pre-chiropractic students that were interested. Can you talk about that a little bit, about how, if there's anybody out there listening, about if they think about having a career 
like you had, there was tons of high school kids that, that came to the event to hear what chiropractic was, was about. Yeah, that was fun. We have this program called the Champions Program, and there's two tracks to it. One is available for chiropractors who want to help with our enrollment and get behind our vision. And then the other one is for prospective students. So um, it's a program that we modeled on what Guy Reekman's doing down at Life University with their Life Force program. And uh, it's, it's a phenomenon. And so basically it's four times a year. People come into the college. Um, we help them with uh, travel and uh, accommodation. And it's a day and a half program where they can just hang out on the campus, understand what chiropractic is from our perspective and what it isn't. Because we screen people out. We say, hey, this is really not going to be for you and, you know, find something else to do, which is kind of cool at the front end rather than spending a couple of years at chiropractic school. Right. Um, uh, and people come with their families and they support people. And we started this in 2012. And uh, most people who come to this uh, uh, Champions program end up uh, enrolling as a student. And so we've had two people who came as, like, parents or support people. They were so inspired. Uh, they enrolled as students as well. So that was wow. kind of fun. Wow. But for chiropractors, you know, whether you're new in practice and you haven't got, uh, you know, many financial resources or you're a 50 year veteran, it's a way chiropractors can get um, involved in our vision and uh, and we teach them how to um, send students. And so it's kind of a low stress, fun way. It it builds your office. And uh, we've got people who've come back to that three or four or five times. We have different speakers. Mm -hmm. So next month, the uh, speaker for the for the group is. uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. You know, we want to keep adding value to the whole thing. And uh, so if anyone's interested in learning more about that, they can either contact me at the college or uh, or through the college website. Just look up the Champions Program. And uh, we've had chiropractors who've come back two and three and four times because uh, when they get back to practice on a Monday, their practice grows. And I think what you said before, it's when you hang out with a group of people with a common purpose, something right. magical happens. And uh, the events now, you know, Cal Jam is a knockout. Paul Reed's got this phenomenal event. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of cool stuff. Uh, Focus is a big deal, you know, right. more on the East Coast. Right. Um, and then we're seeing the rise of other schools. You know, Sherman's got this major resurgence, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian McCauley's new president at Parker. Mm-hmm. And he's um, he's going to do some great – he's already done some great things in the short time he's there, but he's going to do some great things and get that school philosophically, uh, you know, a little back on track. And um, what we're seeing, in fact, uh, this would be my uh, – you know, science piece for the night, if you like, a uh-huh. reference point. The Institute for Alternative Futures did a study uh, over over a number of years looking at chiropractic. The first one was back in the 90s, 98. Uh, they repeated that, and then they've just done the new update, and it's called chiropractic, you know, the future of chiropractic. So if someone goes to the Institute for Alternative Futures, they can look at, they download the study, and they basically look at four scenarios of how chiropractic would be between now and, and really into the future, what they called was the year 2020 or so. And uh, they painted four scenarios, and one one of them was uh, the emergence or re-emergence of vitalism. And uh, it's like that's what Didi Palmer was writing about 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, while the profession has moved off on this allopathic insurance-based and you've got, you know, these crazies wanting to put drugs in chiropractic, what the futurists are saying, and these are some serious social scientists, that you're going to see the emergence of and not just in chiropractic, but in, in non-medical healthcare, um, you know, the emergence of contemporary vitalism, research into that, and uh, people taking responsibility and, and realizing the body has the answers, not some third party. Right. You know, right. Uh, so it's it's really cool. Yeah. 
Well, you know, you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's a shame that there's a there is a, a small faction. I think it really is a small, um, but yet sometimes a powerful faction with the powers that be. We don't want to say anything bad about the dark side, but the, it is the dark side. And Don was, you know, uh, Deed's father. He called it the way it was years before any of this came to light. I remember sitting down with with uh, Dr. Harrison, and I remember say I was a new student back in nineteen. I graduated in ninety nine. And just sitting down with Don, and he's just drawing, you know, these connections and things like that. And I said, Don, what are you doing? He's like, this is what we have to contend with in chiropractic. we got to be careful. And I said, what do you mean? And it was like Don saw the future. You know, yeah. it was, it was yeah. really, really amazing. And, of course, everything he said actually happened. And yeah. uh, But it inspired me to, you know, see that him being, like, such a top scientist. And yeah. his only drive was to prove that, the philosophy of chiropractic was scientific, and it was his dream through CBP to prove that we could reliably change and correct subluxations, and it has a full-body uh, effect, and it makes a person healthier. That was his dream, and of course now with these studies that are coming out, but it's amazing that on social media, sometimes I'll put some things out, and I, I some of these doctors that think that, you know, that drugs are the only way and that we're holding the profession back. I've, I had actually some people say that we're unscientific. And I said to myself, well, how could we be unscientific? Look at all the bodies of research. Look at the research that is there that supports what subluxation is. And yeah. they just, you know, I think they get in a, in a trap that they just hear what other people say and they never look at the, the body of evidence. And they really, truly believe that there is no science. But there is so much. There's never a better time to be a chiropractor because there's so much science on what we do that proves the philosophy has been correct and will be correct. And it is. And having said that, the research you do, um, it depends on the lens that you view it through. Yep. Um, and, and the lens that you do the research through. So, um, uh, you know, research is a part of it, but we'll never explain that the the complexities and the magic of the, the human body, you know, this thing we call innate intelligence, and we'll never fully understand and explain what happens after an adjustment. But people are better off when the body's balanced. Absolutely. It's no the nervous system. And, uh, you know, outcome studies, in my mind, are going to be one of the, the game changers for chiropractic because uh, um, that's where the rubber meets the road, you know. We, we want to prove it to ourselves uh, with easy studies and this, you know, this technique yeah, and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. That's a really important piece, but uh, uh, I think outcome studies are a, a very important piece for a profession. Yes, so. yeah, agreeable. And like I said, I, I think that it's it's great that we're doing all these things. We're coming together as a profession with, with what we think that chiropractic should stay, and I think we have a good movement doing so. And the social media is a, a key part because I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that I've seen this resurgence that, that the time that I've been a chiropractor that we're growing together um, I think a lot of it is because we've all connected over social media, you know, and I've become friends with people that I would have never met, um, even yeah. though we do a lot of seminars. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I think that what you guys are doing with, with the wave is amazing. Um, and uh, when, when is the next one going to be scheduled? You're going to do it once a year. Is that correct? Yeah, once a year. And uh, the next one's uh, August the 1st and 2nd of 2014. Okay, so, so people uh, can make sure they plan because it was fantastic and i know that we're, we probably will will outgrow that last event uh hall that we were at at that hotel so we're gonna have to 
maybe get a Coliseum for the next one. <laughs> I like your thinking. I like your thinking. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, on that note, uh, talking about vision, what's your vision for the school? I mean, it's obvious you, you have a vision. You, you've implemented so many different things and programs, and you've kind of highlighted a few of those. So what's what's your vision? Like, what do you see for the school, and where do you want to take this? What's the big picture? Well, the big picture, if you like, is to change the world uh, or in a, you know, our vision statement is to help create a brighter future for humanity. So you could never have enough chiropractors or, you know, do enough research to do that. So that's our, that's our why do we get out of bed, why in the morning. Uh, but if we break it down, we, you know, we've got eight specific strategic goals. We want to produce the best chiropractors in the world. And, uh, um, you know, the alumni survey we mentioned a moment ago has now been running nine years. Uh, it, we just, that arrived on our desk just again today. And, um, you know, we have the highest rate of alumni satisfaction uh, of any of the chiropractic schools in the United States, but that doesn't mean we're where we need to be. So uh, we're in the process of, we're the only school in the US that for, for whatever reason has never uh, uh, had regional accreditation. So we've started down that road. That's a, a thing we'll have um, ticked off in the next couple of years. On a tangible level, we, we've just employed an architect to enhance the campus and he's come back with some, or beginning to come back with some plans of how we can, uh, you know, take that to the next level. And one of the projects is where uh, we're building a, a new auditorium that'll hold 900 people. Um, so you have to, you guys have to come down and uh, s s speak in our new auditorium. Uh, we got plans also to uh, blow up our bistro and dining area and bookstore. And so there's, there's got those campus enhancements. But I think the real thing is um, you can't do anything if you haven't got resources. And so uh, we're in a significant growth mode, which is exciting. Uh, by January of 2014, our enrollment will be up 60% on a year ago. Um, but I look at chiropractic schools. This will stretch some people's uh, uh, minds a little. I look at chiropractic colleges worldwide, and I'm convinced, and I haven't been convinced otherwise, and there's nothing wrong with being boutique and small. So you can be a boutique chiropractic practice and be effective and do great results, and uh, there's nothing that's cool. But I think if you're an institution of higher learning and you want to provide the best faculty, I mean, world-class in every domain. You want to have a great research department that's well-resourced and, and uh, um, having the best scientists, chiropractic and other. You've got the best student services and, uh, you know, career office and uh, childcare and all the pieces that make up significant institutions. I think to do that, that will never happen with a chiropractic college of a few hundred students. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean you, just, you just can't hire world-class um, administrators because you're not going to be in the same league as a Stanford. So my current thinking is for a chiropractic college to deliver what needs to be delivered at a price that these students are coming in and, uh, and paying, we need a college that has between five and 8,000 chiropractic students. And, uh, you know, that's my current thinking. And um, uh, But we're breaking down, you know, within the curriculum uh, – uh, we've just reviewed our business courses. We put a team of uh, chiropractors and business coaches from the field together, and we said, what are the tools and skills that a student needs in 2013 to be to open their practice from day one, to be effective and to, you know, uh, have a very financially sustainable practice that doesn't rely on insurance, which is not working in the favor of the chiropractor or, by the way, the patient. Mm -hmm. So we've just blown up our courses and we're rolling them out. Um, we've just blown up our nutrition courses and looked at them through our a revised vitalistic lens and how does that need to be delivered? What's the context? You know, who's delivering it? Um, so we're just working our way through the courses 
to take them to a new level. So I think it's like a practice. It's not rocket science, but you keep having to look back at yourselves and say, how can we do a better job? How can we do a better job? And, of course, one of our, our strategic goals, one of the eight, is to create this thing we call the WOW student experience. And uh, my vision is that students will graduate after four years and they'll go, wow, that was cool. Uh, I wish I paid more and I don't want to leave, you know. <laughs> and uh, we're a couple of steps off that, but that's that, that's one of my drivers. Well, I have to say um, that I've seen just from, because, you know, obviously uh, Fred, Deed, and I, are, we teach seminars and we're always uh, with students. Um, the students that, that go to life, both Life East and Life West, they're they're really happy students. They love chiropractic. Um, we we meet people and recent grads that went to some other schools, and they it it's almost like they just were never part of it. Is I think they were never exposed. Like they they didn't know there was any other ways of thinking. Um, and uh, you know I I think that um, it's exciting when I see these guys, and I always remember like. You know Fred, uh, Fred Barge saying fledgling chiropractors, but you know that that's what I feel like. I I see these uh, fledglings, and they're excited. That I mean they they're so excited about chiropractic and what they've seen, and they they look forward to going to school. And of you know of course they got the same concerns with boards and you know doing tests and stuff like that. But they they love what they do, and I can I can tell you that you have a lot of students that travel a long ways to go to seminars up and above what what is at at school which shows their passion for them to to take time out on a weekend in between doing boards just to go hear uh speakers you know in other places that's some passion that you're instilling in those students to keep going uh, even on their time off to keep going with chiropractic because it, now it's their life yeah and i think that's been the the history of life west you know and dr clum brought that to the table that and it comes back to the uh the thing of of your purpose, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the same as being in practice. And so, underlying our ethos, and it's the same at you know Life University, is the concept of lasting purpose. And uh, that's a pretty big deal when you think about it. To give and love and serve, yep, out of your own abundance because it's the right thing to do. Then um, your ego is less of an issue. You're getting out of the way, and you realise you're here for a higher calling. And then when you expose people to the philosophy of chiropractic, the wonder, the magic, the beauty of chiropractic. And uh, and create an environment where they can find their voice, mm-hmm. te- you know, technique-wise or otherwise. Uh, that's a kind of cool place to to hang out, and so um, that's one of the reasons why we have the highest alumni satisfaction. And uh, um, it's an inspiring place to be. I it, it, I love it. Awesome. Well, you made a comment earlier, and this was another purpose of this call, is, um, you know, to, to build this vision and create the greatest chiropractic school ever in the history of the profession also takes resources. So uh, w- one of the major purposes of this call is to support Life West. Uh, one of the things, obviously, one of our great interests is that you're also the only school that has CBP as a core curriculum. So you talked about this earlier, and that's just having an application where truly you correct subluxations and get curve corrections, and you're, you're doing everything in the highest standard. So what are the vehicles that people can, can use to support not only enrollment, but at least supply financial resources? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we love our technique program, and, and we, we're the only school in the world that teaches 13 different individual techniques. And, um, you know, the art of... The art of delivering chiropractic or the art of chiropractic 
in my observation in the last 20 years has, is diminishing. And so, and I'm generalizing, this is not to point at one school or another, but no one's disagreed with me, by the way, except other college presidents. But I, with the chiropractors I've met up and down this country and beyond, no one's disagreed that over the last 20 years, the standard of analyzing the spine, adjusting the spine, finding creeping uh, uh, subluxations from new graduates across the profession has, that standard has, has got lower in the last 20 or so years. Um, and so what happens is people, uh, you know, well-meaning people uh, in different parts of the, the world uh, send prospective students to their local chiropractic college. And if that's the best fit for that student, then that's great. But invariably, it's close to home. And I've heard chiropractors say, well, I send my son or daughter to this school. And, you know, I know it's not right, but, I, you know, they know philosophy and I can see them on the weekends. And my answer to that is, why would you put someone through that for four years when they can come to an environment like you've observed where they can be immersed in this thing and just soak it up and and uh, and, and get a lot more out of it after that period of time? So I think we need to be... It's great to refer people to chiropractic colleges, but we need to be a little more conscious in where we send them and, uh, you know, rather than just the local school because it's local. So we would love people to uh, send students. Uh, they can get involved... Uh, through our Champions Program, and we mentioned that a moment ago. Uh, I'd love chiropractors to pick up the phone and call me and say hi and come and visit us and see what we're doing. Um, and, you know, we're so tuition dependent that we need financial support as well. And uh, we're raising a million dollars towards research over the next three years. We've started that campaign. We're just about to go to the world market and, uh, uh, and adver we're advertising for a new uh, research director. We're really excited about that, and we hope to have that person in place by January. Um, uh, and so there's a range of vehicles from supporting research to our endowment to student scholarships where they can support financially. And one way that people often forget is, uh, you know, one day we're going to leave this earth and, you know, we generally leave our uh, estates to our family, but you could leave a percentage of your estates, you know, for chiropractic college that's aligned with your vision. And, uh, you know, that way you can leave a significant legacy, which, which would have a major impact. That's a great idea, actually. Uh, probably a lot of people have never thought about. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's not sort of top of mind. Yeah. And uh, there's so many young practitioners, it's the last thing on their mind. But, uh, right. Uh, so we'd love them to, you know, check out our website, come and visit us at the school, come to our events, and uh, we look forward to meeting people out on the road because uh, this is bigger than chiropractic. You know, what the vehicle that we've been given this thing called chiropractic, either as a practitioner, a researcher, or in our case, an educator, is, is to make a major difference to, to ordinary folks who are out there in our communities and they're not just sick and dying literally, but they're sick and dying metaphorically because, one, they don't necessarily know their purpose. They're hurting, not just physically, but because their body's out of balance chemically and emotionally and uh, their immune function and, you know... I mean, look at look at the 800,000 soldiers who have come out from the Middle East at this, this period. There's never been that number of returned soldiers in the history of the United States. They're all part of the VA system, and, of course, they're putting them on all sorts of drugs and medications, and the side effects of some of those are suicide. Man, those guys need chiropractic like never before in terms of military personnel. And, um, you know, this thing is bigger than all of us, and, and uh, it's really a responsibility. And when people see that, they're actually a proactive rather than just, hey, I'll send $50 to a school, you know. Exactly. Well, I would also encourage people that, uh, you know, tithing is a principle of abundance. And if you just take a certain amount, 50 or $100 for every 
every new patient. I mean, heck, how many new pay, how many you spend on marketing? You know, get referrals, teach workshop. There's so many ways you can get patients for free. And rather than spend that on marketing, take a hundred dollars. You get a three thousand dollar prepay. A hundred bucks is nothing. And set that aside. And then when you get five grand saved up, write a check. I mean, you take checks, right? Yeah. Checks, credit cards. People can do that, mail you a check. Yep. We we would love that. And <laughs> uh, and I just need to comment. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, because of the declining enrollment at the time, you know, we reached out to the profession. We needed some support, you know, to get through a tight time period. And uh, and the profession and you guys indeed, I mean, a lot of people over the world got behind us. And uh, that was phenomenal. That was um, amazing. So I want to thank everyone for, for getting behind that campaign. Uh, but now we're in a growth mode and it's about a sustainable future. And uh you know, I remember someone's recently saying, oh, man, you know, when a, when a chiropractic school is going to stop asking for money? And the answer is never. I mean, when right. does Harvard ever stop asking for money? And those dudes have got $20 billion in the bank. Right. So, uh, well, you know, I think we have the privilege of driving on roads that other people gave their lives to pave. I mean, we chiropractic is easy now. And there's people that gave their lives decades before us. And even recently, and Brian, you've given your life to traveling around the world and creating what you're creating. So we have that privilege of driving on these roads, and we also have a responsibility to financially support those roads. So I would just encourage everybody to dig into your pockets. And, you know, the universe will bring back at least 10 times, 10, 30, 100 times. And uh, release your grip on whatever scarcity you think you have and start contributing back to the road that you're driving on. And I think that's our responsibility. Well said, Fred. Yeah, I think money's a bit like bowel motions. You know, things have to flow. And when you hold on too tight, uh, some, something not nice happens. <laughs> it's got to flow. It's like love. Love has to flow and service. And uh, and that's kind of the unique thing about chiropractic. You know, I mean, imagine I, used to, I played professionally uh, in different bands and we used to play... Uh, uh, you know, conventions for uh, accountants that have their dinner dance, their annual convention, or the, i got to tell you, the worst one was the Undertaker's convention, and those guys, they don't party too hard. Uh, but the spirit that we have in this thing called chiropractic, I, don't, I haven't found it in any other profession or any other group. And, uh, you know, it's that spirit and that that uh, that spizz that we have, which is, it's, it's amazing and it's a gift. But we've got to share it, you know, you've got to pay it forward, so... Absolutely. We're very blessed. We're very blessed. Exactly right. So, well, anything else you'd care to add, Brian? Oh, the most exciting thing, which has nothing to do with chiropractic, but everything to do with performance. Uh, we've started a, a rugby team called the Life West Gladiators. This is a really exciting initiative, and we had our first game just a month or so ago. And uh, we brought a coach up from Australia, Dr. Tez Malloy, who's working with the team. And... Um, we're offering academic scholarships for rugby players or athletes up to 90% of tuition. Wow. And we've got people coming from Scotland, interest from Argentina, South Africa, Canada. Uh, we signed our first two American players just recently. And we're going to use rugby. Uh, and then we've got a second sport lined up in a women's code uh, to get chiropractic out in the community in the public eye. And uh, we set three goals with the rugby program. One is to have a team on the park by December and that we're four months ahead of schedule. We set a goal of beating Stanford University within three years, 
And when we met the coach and he saw how serious he was, we were, he said, I think you will. And then the <laughs> other goal is within five years to beat Life University. Uh-huh. And I'll hold, I'll hold my breath on that one. <laughs> nice. Way to be humble. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, anything you care to add, Joe? No, I think it sums it up. I mean, if, if you guys haven't seen what Life West is about, you know, come out there, support the school, you know, definitely come out uh, to the wave. I, I think it was one of the best events I've ever been to in chiropractic. And it's fun. Like I said, if, if you want to get excited about our profession, you come out there, you will, your practice will double when you go back because you're excited about what you do. And like you said, Brian, you're around like-minded people and it's like a big family, just like it is. I mean, I think it's a, a great experience and I think we're do, all doing some things great. And Life West is going to be such a powerhouse soon in the world of academics, truly with chiropractic leading the way. So kudos to you, Brian, for doing a great job. Well, thank you, Fred. Thanks, Joe. And uh, I know Deed's uh, taking care of his kids in a soccer tournament today. Thanks, yeah. Deed, you know, for his support. And, uh, but if we think about our profession, you know, we're really kind of still in our infancy. And we've got to get to a different level of... Uh, you know, development compared to, say, some other professions that are a lot older and have had different resources. And so there's a lot of work in front of us, but, hey, what would you rather be doing? Right. This is, uh, this is enjoyable and meaningful work. Well, I just want to say thank you, Brian, for everything you've done. Our intention to have you on here was to really, again, you brought so much awareness to Life West, is to really expand that with our listeners, let them hear your vision if they haven't heard it before and to really get the message out that, that we truly believe in what you're doing. We truly believe that Life West is really going to set the standard uh, to create and raise the intention and standard of the profession. And uh, so we're just in full support. And uh, we thank all of our listeners for digging into your pockets and helping this thing to move forward, man. We're, we're, the things that we're doing today are for the next generation. So hopefully we can see it in our lifetime is the goal, but uh, that's not our purpose. Our purpose goes way beyond us into the next generations so our kids and grandkids can be getting adjusted, hopefully being great chiropractors, but having availability of great chiropractors most importantly. So thanks for everything. Yep. Thank you, guys. Good time, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Brian, looking forward to seeing you very soon. Thank you. All right. Peace, brothers. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.